Hi guys, and welcome back to Empty Nesting Podcast. I'm your host, Glenda Edwards. For today's topic, I'll be discussing parenting through COVID-19 with my guest, Deborah Porter, who is a life coach and a mentor for at-home moms. She is the founder of Moms Mentoring Circle, where she supports moms with creating the atmosphere they want in a life they love while gaining the clarity, confidence, and courage to show up as a great mom and a grateful woman. Deborah, welcome to Empty Nesting Podcast, and thank you for being a guest for episode three. You know, as you know, that we are all dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic and life as we know it has changed significantly. We don't know if things will or if they will ever get back to the normal as we once knew it. So as a mom, you know, we want to make sure that our children have, you know, all the necessities that they need to, you know, make it through this, this pandemic. But we also, too, want to make sure that they are safe. So what have you done to make sure that your adult children is, you know, sur- surviving during this pandemic? Glenda, thank you so much for having me join you. Um, I'm super excited to be here. And um, you're right, we've not seen anything like this before, ever, in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it's really a right or a wrong, but I can share with you what I've done. Okay. Um, two, of, two of my three adult children live in New York City. And as we know, New York City has been the epicenter, or at least one of the epicenters in our country for what's going on with COVID-19. And, you know, as a mom, I know they're grown, they're adults, but I'm still a mom. Right. Them them becoming adults does not change the fact that we still have mom apart. Absolutely. So, um, So I sent them what I thought would support them and help to keep them from having to go to the grocery store. So I had a couple of um, coupon codes for, you know, the box meals that will come right to your door. Mm-hmm. So I sent those. There's also um, a online, it's almost like your um, warehouse membership type of book shopping, but there's an option, an online option for that without membership fees. Okay. So I sent them a bunch of paper products, um, you know, toilet paper and paper towels, paper cups, paper plates, um, things like that from there. Just to try to supply them, you know, with what they may need to help them to be able to stay inside. Right. So having a, you know, regular, you know, cadence with them where you're checking in just to see how they're doing, because, you know, all of us are just home and hunkered down and, you know, are trying to stay in as as much as possible. Yes, we are. So um, right now, my husband and I just started doing this. Um, we do. We have a family text thread, which most people have. And, and each morning, my husband kind of sends an encouraging word, sends a positive word. And so we started uh, earlier this week with doing that once a week through Zoom. Okay. Because, you, you know, as a mom, I need to lay my eyes on y'all. Right. Like, I need to see what y'all look like. I need to see that you're good. And so we did the first one of those the other day. And then in addition to that, I do test them probably every other day just to, you know, how are you feeling today or how you doing, how y'all doing today. Um, and, you know, for my oldest son, he's kind of like, Mom, you are really doing the most right now. <laughs> and 
And I'm like, I know, I know I am. I know I'm doing the most. I know I am, you know, stuttering through a very small New York apartment with all kinds of stuff. But you know what? I'm at the end of the day. Yes, you're grown. I respect your decision to stay there. But I still want to make sure that I've at least supported you in making that decision to make sure that you have what you need. So those are the things that we're doing. Okay. Now, when when you were getting, um, you know, as as all of us was, you know, getting the information from various news, you as a mom, did you, you know, have anxiety about what was going to come and your kids not being home? Because I you know me as a mom, you know, my daughter was um, was on spring break, but she was already home. And so we had to move her, you know, out of, you know, her dorm, you know, back, back home. But for you, how, how did that go once you realized that this is, you know, that we're about to face something that we've never seen worldwide? Yeah, well, I, um, I underestimated my ability to drive them to come home. Um, I really thought that I was going to be able to convince all of them. So I had an, uh, my oldest is a girl who recently got married. In February, she got married. So I've got my daughter and my son-in-law and then my oldest son in New York City. And I thought for sure I would be able to convince them to come home. Mm-hmm. I live in the D.C. area, so this is a quick train ride, quick flight. Quick, you know, if you want to run a car, you know, this is going to be a quick trip home. It'll be great. But as time went on, you know, they were very sure that they wanted to shelter in place and they wanted to stay put. And so for me, that's when I began to feel, and I'm, I'm not somebody that kind of gets anxious about stuff. I know that anxiety, you know, it's a real thing for people. Right. Um, but for me, it's, it's not something I've ever really struggled with. But I will say that in those moments that it became clear that wanted to shelter in place and stay there in New York City, I was absolutely dealing with some anxiety, for sure, for sure. And I can completely understand that because, you know, as you stated earlier, you just want to put your, you know, you, you want to be able to set eyes on your kids and just know that they are okay. And, you know, with, you know, having, you know, conversations with them, you know, via text message or, or Zoom, have they shared any of their, you know, fears or concerns about what's happening? You know, the thing about being in your 20s is you think that you're invincible mm-hmm. and that, you know, things just aren't going to happen to you. So on the one hand, where I feel like they aren't taking it serious, meaning they're not, you know, having parties or get together with a lot of people. I believe that they are taking it seriously. I mean, so they have some masks and some gloves. You know, they they are very much like, Mom, we're going to be fine. Uh, we're, we're fine. We're, we're sheltering in place. You know, my daughter's like, I'm a newlywed. My husband and I are here together. This is absolutely amazing. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're taking it in stride. I, I believe they are being responsible. But I don't know that they think about it the way we think about it as moms. Right. And and I think you are right. I, you know, m- my daughter has been home since um, since 
about maybe four weeks ago. And, you know, we were talking recently and she said the only thing that really gives her comfort is knowing that everybody is going through this. It's just not the state of, you know, South Carolina. It is everybody. And so we're all in this together. But you're right. You know, when you are, you know, young, you know, you don't look at things as, you know, the what they what the young folks would say, the elderly people look at things because, right. <laughs> you know, because we've you know, we've lived, you know, longer. And so we have a better outlook for the most part. And so um, but I, I, I really do, um, you know, think that this pandemic has made the younger gen- generation kind of stop and kind of look and think I'm not invincible. You know, this can, you know, not only happen to elderly people or, you know, people that are, you know, young, but this can happen to any and everybody. I agree with you. You know, and I think there was all kinds of false information on the front end. Yes. On the front end, you know, I saw some things up like, you know, this isn't bothering black people. Yeah. This isn't bothering young people. And, you know, I think it became very clear that COVID-19 is not discriminating against anybody. And if you are not smart and if you're not wise, you are as susceptible or what we're finding out now, maybe even even more susceptible to being a victim, uh, you know, and struck with, you know, the very severe cases, which are, you know, on life support and other things like that. So... Um, you know, I just think that from the beginning, we have to take these things seriously. I think when we saw it over in China as a country, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I look and I wonder, did we do all that we could on the front end? Yeah. You know, did we? Did we? I don't, I, you know, and I don't know the answer to that. I'm clearly, I'm not in any of those meetings, but I, but I do wonder, did we do all that we could have done in the very beginning? I think you're absolutely right. I was, um, I think in at the end of February, I was, you know, on my way to Miami with, you know, some really close friends for a bridal party. And that's, you know, when, you know, things, you know, started to get real, you know, and they started to talk about it and people, you know, were starting to wear um, face masks and things like that. And then when I came back, it's like, it just, it just blew up. And, you know, I'm thinking, how did this happen so quickly? And why wasn't we prepared to handle something like this? You know? Exactly. Exactly. It's, you know, it's, um, this is going to be in the history book. This is going to be like 9-11. It's going to be like Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, JFK and Martin Luther King was still. This is going to be one of those things where people are going to be like, you know, where were you during COVID-19? Yes, absolutely. And with COVID-19, you know, because we are all having to, you know, live our lives differently. I know for um, for my household, um, you know, we don't go to the grocery store anymore um, and we have the our groceries d- delivered for the most part. And, you know, we you know, leave all the bags, you know, in the garage and we wipe and, you know, clean everything down before entering into the house. Um, You know, when you talk to to your kids, especially when this was unfolding, did you express to to them the importance of, you know, making sure that 
you wash your hands more than you would would before. You know, when when entering your your home, you might want to you know peel off the clothes that you had on, you know, and you know shower and put on fresh fresh clothes. How did you you know to them about staying, you know, COVID free? You, they already think I'm extra um, when <laughs> okay. it pertains to stuff. So they're always like, Ma, you are like over the top. So I really did not, I, I did express to them the importance of washing your hands constantly. Mm-hmm. I really did not go into taking your clothes off, make sure you shower, because they, I know at that point when I kept talking like that, all they hear is like, wah, wah, wah. Yes. They're not even. They're just not even engaged at that point. It's just like their mom goes again. So what I've really done at this point is I will try to get my husband to convey certain messages to them. Mm. Because he's not always engaged in that way about the, you know, particulars in that way. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing father. He's super engaged. But, you know, as moms, sometimes we get to the, you know, the the micro um, level of stuff. Right. so... I will get him to come off and say, okay, honey, I really need you to make sure that they know this. And so coming from Chin, it just has a different sound as opposed to coming from me. But, I, you know, I really did not go through all of those particulars because for my neighbors in the last five you know, they're like, okay, mom, I'll see you later. <laughs> um, so I just try to keep the main thing the main thing, you know, and the main thing is, your face needs to be covered when you go out. Yep. Your hands need to be covered when you go out. Mm-hmm. And you need to wash your hands multiple times a day. Yes. And I have to try to keep it at that. Yes. And I, I think you're right. Um, you know, when our kids are constantly hearing from, from mom, it, it does begin to sound like the wah, 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 you know, when they're like, okay, uh, all right. Uh, um, because I, I remember our last trip out, um, which was probably about three and a half weeks ago, um, we got ready to come into the house. And I told my my daughter, I was like, shoes stay in the garage. We're going to spray them down with Lysol, but they will stay in the garage. And she just kind of looked at me like, are you kidding me? And then she said, okay. <laughs> you know, you know, because, you know, you know, like you said, there was a, a lot of misinformation and I still think, you know, there is a certain degree of it that is still circulating. And, you know, and I told her, I said, I would rather be safe than sorry, you, you know, so, yeah. um, you know, we can just leave the shoes in the garage. They they are going to be fine and it's OK to walk in the house, you know, barefoot, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's much better to be safe. But I think you're right when you talk about, you know, we've, we've been around a little bit longer. And so we're a little bit more cautious mm-hmm. as, it, as it pertains to stuff. Um, you know, they're young and they're living their lives and, you know, all is well, you know, from where they sit. So, you know, with those kinds of added steps, I just, I don't think they're necessarily as or serious about it, which was another reason why I really wanted them all home. Right. Uh, which should be the reason why they didn't come home, because they know mom will have us naked, running <laughs> in the house after we get there, get to the shower. Like, so, you know, I have to, you know, they're grown. You know, and it's, it's, you know, this is the moment we raise them for. Right? Yeah. We raise them to leave the house. That's, right. You know, we are, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom for 25 years. So, you know, my goal was to raise them to leave. 
And they each did that. They, you know, got this four-year college that they wanted. They graduated. They got jobs. And they left. But it's in moments like these that you're like, oh, wow. They are really gone. They are really independent. They are really on their own. Yes. Yes. I can, I can definitely understand that. We're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. Um, Deborah. I want to talk to, to you about um, what kind of nuggets could you give empty nesters that, um, that are kind of going through it right now with either their kids being, you know, far away or maybe at, at home? What kind of nuggets could give them um, some ease during this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know, I think one of the one of the more difficult jobs of a mother is that you have the knowledge on the front end that you are working yourself out of a job. Mm. Right? As a mom, the whole thing is to raise this child to be able to step into the world and not need my daily interaction, advice, instruction, but that they are prepared and ready to step into their futures and perform. Right. And so, and I work with moms now in doing that as a, as a you know, coach for at-home moms. I, I work with them on the front end mm-hmm. so that when the day comes that your child chooses to leave, whether it's college or a job or across the country or to the other side of the world, that we are still standing there as their biggest cheerleader and we are not standing there a bundle of tears and emotions and a match. Mm, that's good. Because because I think the biggest gift we can give them is to know that we're okay. Right. Right. That's the biggest gift we can give them. If we send them off and we are literally a mess, that messes with them. That messes with them being gone. And so for them to be able to walk into their future and then us also being able to walk into what's next for us. Mm-hmm. You know, like the empty nest phase is really an exciting opportunity for us to be able to do all of those things that we either put on hold or put on pause or put on the back burner. You know, this is our moment to be able to say, okay, you know what? Not only is it my time, but it's really, this, this is how it's supposed to be. They are supposed to leave. This is this is what I raised them to do. Right. And so with that, you know, because I am an empty nester, you know, I'm a single mom and my daughter just went to, to college um, August, you know, of 2019. And so, if you could give, I don't know, you know, how uh, an empty nester could kind of prepare themselves to, you know, to to be okay when their, you know, child or their last child leaves the nest, because, you know, my daughter and I are very close, and you know, we talked about me being a mess all of her junior year of high school. And so even though like at her graduation and, you know, when I moved her in at college, I did not leave crying, but she still knew that mom is struggling. So how could you help, you know, someone um, just 
prepare and to be able to, you know, put on that smile and not display to their, you know, child that they're going to be struggling when they leave. Okay. Uh, because the teenage years, they become very busy, whether it's with a job, yeah. extracurriculars, or they get their license. So as those things begin to happen, and our children are starting to find their freedom and a little bit of independence, I think it's important that in those moments, as moms, our children see us picking up other things, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, the art class you wanted to take, or the book club wanted to join with your girlfriend but sitting before or you know the exercise class kind of whatever those things are for you as a mom that maybe you have voiced before or maybe you've never voiced to anyone before the, the goal is that you're giving them pieces of their life back that you're picking up pieces of yours that perhaps you put on hold Mm. So that when that high school graduation comes, it's almost a graduation for both of you. Mm. Because we really are graduating into a different phase of parenting. Right. Um, it, it really concerns me when I see moms that are calling to wake up their freshman children in college for their 8 o'clock class. Mm, or, yeah. you know, moms that are helping to write papers right. for college children. You know, those, those are signs that you have not, in a healthy way, detached and allowed them to, you know, rise or fall at their own effort. Right. Um, and, and that's important. And so, and so I would say, begin early, giving your children pieces of their life back. And, and I would also share that whereas many of us are close with our children, I would caution moms about developing friendships with our children prematurely. I would agree with that, yes. Uh, and, and I think the goal is we want to be friends with our kids. You know, I can safely say that right now, my daughter at you know her age, as a married woman right now, you know, she's 27, or she's 28. I think she's 28. <laughs> but, you know, we are friends now. We were not friends when I was still in the active phase of parenting. Right. Because you don't parent, you don't parent your son. That's so true. It's, it's an oxymoron to say me and my child are best friends, but I'm also their parent. No, you're not. You can be one or the other. You can't, it's impossible to be both at the same time. Right. Right. I would um, agree with that. So I would say, you know, definitely you want to closeness with them, but, but really be careful about having this, you know, my daughter's my best friend and your daughter's 16. Mm-hmm. So, how do you say no to her when she wants to do something that she's your best friend? You know, it's just, it's it's confusing. It's confusing. It is. And I would, I would definitely agree with that. Um, You know, when my daughter left to, you know, go to college, um, this is how Empty Nesting Podcast was created because, you know, I was struggling with it. The first 30 days of her, you know, being gone was very, you know, hard. And, 
I just knew that they, you know, there, you know, has to be other moms and dads out there that are experiencing what I am, you know, experiencing, or they could be having the opposite experience of what I'm having. And so, you know, I was like, this, you know, will keep me busy. Um, and also, you know, get to learn, you know, what other parents are are doing. Um, so, but I think, you know, that's a good nugget that you gave for, for people to start giving, you know, their kids, you know, part of their, their life back during their high school years. And so that the parents can kind of take back their life and, you know, start focusing on things that maybe they want to do so that when they do leave, it's not such a big void because to to me, that's what it felt like. It felt like a very big void where I was used to coming home, you know, catching up on her day, figuring out, you know, what do you want to eat or, you know, um, you know, different things that we may have to, you know, do with the school to, you know, when she leaves and I come home from, from work and I don't have any of that. And I'm like, you know, my, my first day was like, whoa, what now? Yeah. That's a very normal, I think that is an appropriate emotion, you know, especially, you know, those first years. I remember when my oldest left for college, I remember it was maybe a week before she was leaving, and I literally began almost hyperventilating for my husband, and I thought, there's so much we haven't told her, Mm -hmm. but there's so many different things in life I have not warned her about. And, you know, what my husband was able to really help me to understand is, Perhaps there are things, and of course we've not gone through every scenario in life that can happen. That's impossible. But what we have done is we've taught her how to think. Mm, Yes. And if if we focus more on teaching our children how to think instead of solving their problems for them, Mm -hmm. then we send them into the world much better prepared. If, if we're sending a child out into the world, but every time they had a problem, they ran to us and we fixed it, well, who do they run to now that we're not there? Probably their friends, their roommates, somebody that has no more information than what they have. Right. And so that's kind of what I mean when I talk about giving them pieces of their life back. When they come to you with a problem, present it back to them in a question. I would do this for my kids all the time. Well, mom... You know, I'm not really even sure what this teacher expects. So my question then is, did you ask the teacher? Like, you spent all day in school, and you coming home to me asking me? I don't know either. Right. Um, You know, so just requiring of them as they're presenting these problems and these issues to you in their high school years, really taking that issue and putting it right back in their court. That is absolutely right. That is absolutely right. So, yeah. So, I think, you know, I just think that it's a huge teaching for all of us. And I would just encourage empty nesters to dive into Like, don't put your toe in it like you're getting into a cold pool. Like, dive into it. Find something to do maybe that you didn't even think about doing before. 
you know, join a running club, join mm. a walking club. Like, just dive into it. And it's, it's, it's as helpful to find out the things you don't like as it is to find out the things that you do like. But just, just dive in. Right, right. And, you know, kind of going back to something that you said earlier about, you know, parents that are still very involved into, you know, their child's college life. Is there, you know, any nuggets that you can drop to, you know, empty nesters that are still kind of hands on in their child's college life to kind of help them understand that they are, you know, really, you know, kind of enabling their, their child and really not helping them? Yeah, I would even go a step further and say you're stagnant in their growth. You, you are preventing them from growing into the adult young adult they need to be by being so available and so accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there comes a moment where your child is going to have to take the grade that they earned without you trying to fight for them to get something different. Right. And that's just how it is. I mean, I, you know, there were times in high school when I, you know, I had friends who were like, oh my gosh, I stayed up all night to finish this project because, you know, Johnny was so tired. And they were like, oh my gosh, I know you've done that sometimes too. And I'm like, actually, I've never done that. Every single day my children have earned from an A to an F or anything in between has been completely their own. And right. the reason for that is because I need them to know that that grade is a direct reflection of the effort and the work you put into it. Mm-hmm. And that that's how life is. Yes. Like the, the C-level employees don't keep jobs for long. Mm-hmm. Like you need to really go in here and be contributing and giving your best up to be able to maintain and keep the, you know, the dream job or the, you know, whatever it is that you've wanted. It's going to be as a direct result of your action. Um, and, and I just always felt like if I stepped in to do something for them, it would make them feel like I didn't think they could do it. Right, right. And I never wanted them to think that. I never wanted my kids to think, well, I don't think you can make the A, so I'm going to finish this paper for you. I don't, I don't, I didn't ever want them to say, I know that they can do it. Right. And so I'll stay up with you. I'll make you cookies and I'll give you some milk, but I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not doing it. Right. Um, and so I just think as parents, the, the earlier we understand that, that is, you know, we have such love for our kids and we just want the best for them. Yes, we do. But I, I, I know that it comes from a place of love. I really do. I understand that it comes from a place of wanting to help them. But I, I guess the thing that I'm really trying to communicate is what we perceive as help really can come across and end up being a handicap. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would completely agree with that. Absolutely. Well, we are coming to the end of this episode, and I have definitely enjoyed talking with you about, you know, parenting through COVID-19. But before we end this um, episode, what piece of advice would you give the moms that are parenting from afar or parenting um, at home during this COVID-19 pandemic? I would say if you're parenting from afar, um, I think the biggest thing is you want to make sure they have what they need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of us have some level of Amazon or 
you know, some kind of delivery service. So I would say you do want to check in and make sure they have any everything that they need and that if there's something they don't need, if it's easier for you to ship it to them, look, this is a pandemic, so all bets are off at this point. Right. This is a pandemic, and if you've got a kid in another state that you can't get to, but shipping them some cereal or some food or some supplies and they can get it in 48 hours, it's going to make a difference. I'm all over it. Do it. Right. Um, but I would say if you are parenting and you now have a college student that is now back home or a young adult that has now had to come back home, I think that there are some things that you have to be able to really draw the line at. And when I say draw the line, I mean it's very easy when our kids come back home, for, especially for an extended period of time. Everybody can fall back into their high school kind of role. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important that you're not preparing three meals a day. I think it's important that you're not washing their laundry. Yes. I think it's important that you still expect and require of them that their room and their bathroom still looks like it's part of this house and not a dorm room. Mm. I, I just think that it's teaching them we're in a different phase now, baby. You're not in high school. Right. We're, we're in a different phase. And I need to respect you as a young adult. You need to respect me as, yes, your parent, but also as the homeowner. This still is my house. Right. And and so there are certain things that have not changed. But, you know, I just, I just think it's important to at least allow everybody to still live in the age and stage that they're in. Because the easy thing to do would be to just go back to the way things used to be in high school. Right, right. And that is some awesome advice. And again, thank you for being on episode three of Empty Nesting. Thank you for having me. This was really fantastic. I love the platform that you created here, Glenda. Kudos to you. Thank you so very much. We've come to the end of another episode of Empty Nesting. Thank you to our listeners for hanging out with us today and to my guest, Deborah Porter, the founder of Moms Mentoring Circle, for joining me and sharing how you're parenting through COVID-19. To learn more about Deborah and Moms Mentoring Circle, please follow me on Instagram at empty underscore nesting underscore is underscore real and look for my latest posts. If you have a question or a topic you would like for me to discuss, please click on the message link to send me a message or you can DM me via Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get notified of all of the latest episodes and share this podcast with your family and with your friends. Please stay home and stay safe during this COVID-19 pandemic, but remember to love yourself and always be kind to others.